thanking Jesus for the Holy Spirit, the gift of teaching from the Bible, and the different online pages that offer excellent teachings as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Thanking the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit for those who have taken the time to read or listen and be discipled. Today, we're going to be learning and hearing and reading about the fruits of the Spirit. You can click on each scripture to read them in the device you're using or read them in the Bible. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, start reading the Bible and put it in practice over time, we start getting the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's part of the rebirth process of being a new creation. Read John 3. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, long-suffering, and self-control, as we read in, in Galatians 5, 22-23. Love. Love can be a challenge to define at the level of how a person experiences it. Love can involve personal affection, sexual attraction, platonic admiration, brotherly loyalty, benevolent concern, or worshipful adoration. To accurately answer the question, what is love? We need to go to the origin of love. The Bible tells us that love originates in God, the Father, Jesus, who left us the Holy Spirit. Read 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 13, John 3, 16 to 21, and 1 John 4. Joy. The first thing is to realize that joy is a gift from God. Happiness depends on the circumstance. The root word for joy in the Greek is chara, which is closely related with the Greek charis for grace. Joy is both the gift of the Holy Spirit as well as a response to the gift of God. Joy comes when we are aware of God's grace and relish his favor. Read Psalm 3, 13, 18, 43, and 103. Peace. Biblical peace is more than a stopping of hostilities. It is a harmony, safety, friendliness, and relational tranquility. Humans are incapable of creating such conditions. As five minutes viewing of any newscast will prove, only God can establish peace. Read Isaiah 9, 6, Isaiah 53, 5, and Romans 5, 1. Patience. When everything is going our way, patience is easy to demonstrate. The true test of patience comes when our rights are violated, when another car cuts us off in traffic, when we are treated unfairly, when our co-worker derives our faith again. Some people think they have a right to get upset in the face of irritations and trials. Impatience seems like a holy anger. The Bible, however, praises patience as a fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, which should be produced for all followers of Christ. 
1 Thessalonians 5.14 Patience reveals our faith in God's timing, omnipotence, and love. Kindness. Kindness is a characteristic that led the Holy Spirit to provide salvation for us. Kindness leads the Holy Spirit to give us green pastures, quiet waters, and the restoration of our souls when we're weary. When Sarah exiled Hagar and Ishmael, God gave the outcasts kindness in the form of water and hope. In Genesis 21, 9-21. That is why kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. Read Titus 3, 4 to 5, Romans 2 to 4, 11 to 22, Psalms 23, Mark 10, 46 to 52, and 2 Corinthians 6, 4 to 6. Long-suffering. The word long-suffering in the Bible is made up of two Greek words meaning long and temper. Literally, long-tempered. To be long-suffering, then, is to have self-restraint when one is stirred to anger. Read 1 Peter 3.20, 1 Thessalonians 1. God is the source of long-suffering because it is part of his character. Exodus 34.6, Numbers 14.18-20, Psalm 86.15, Romans 2-4, 1 Peter 3.9, 2 Peter 3.15. He is patient with sinners. At the same time, God's long suffering can come to an end, as is seen in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 18 to 19. Goodness. Goodness is a virtue and holiness in action. It results in a life characterized by deeds motivated by righteousness and a desire to be a blessing. It's a moral characteristic of a Holy Spirit-filled person. The Greek word translated goodness, agathosun, is defined as uprightness of heart and life. Agathosun is goodness for the benefit of others, not goodness simply for the sake of being virtuous. Virtuous. Goodness is not a quality we can manufacture on our own. In James 1.17 says, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. This certainly includes a life characterized by goodness. In letting the Holy Spirit control us, we are blessed with the fruits of goodness. As others see our good works, they will praise our Father in heaven. And we see this in Matthew 5, 16. Faithfulness. To be faithful is to be reliable, steadfast, and unwavering. And the Bible speaks of this type of faithfulness in four ways. As an attribute of God, as a positive characteristic of some people, as a characteristic that many people lack, and as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Faithful is also used in the sense of believing, as in the case of the Christians in Ephesus and Colossae, Ephesians 1 and Colossians 1-2. 
When a person walks consistently with God in humble service to him, he or she can be called faithful. When Nehemiah had to leave Jerusalem to return to Persia, he put Hanani and Hananiah in charge. The reason for his choice of these men was that they were more faithful and God-fearing than many. Gentleness. Galatians 5, 22-23 says that the Holy Spirit works in us to be more like Christ. Ephesians 4, 14-16. And part of the fruit or results of that work is gentleness. Gentleness, also translated meekness, does not mean weakness. Rather, it involves humility and thankfulness towards God and polite, restrained behavior towards others. The opposites of gentleness are anger, a desire for revenge, and self-aggrandizement. God wants us to give him control of our lives, relying on our own logic. We have no way to submit to God's leadership. With the wisdom given to us by the Holy Spirit, however, we begin to see why we should completely submit to God as Lord of our lives. Human power under human control is a half-broken weapon in the hands of a child. But gentleness places our strength under God's guidance. It is a powerful tool for God's kingdom. Every person who accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior is powerful in Jesus' name through the Holy Spirit. We can speak words that influence others. We can act in ways that help or hurt. And we can choose what influences will inform our words and actions. Gentleness contrains and channels that power. To be gentle is to recognize that God's ways and thoughts are high above our own. We see this in Isaiah 55, 9. It is to humbly realize that our world views are shaped by exposure to sin and misinterpretation of experience. It is to accept God's worldview, reflecting truth about the spiritual and the material worlds. Self-control. The last characteristic listed in Galatians 5, 22 to 23, the fruit of the Spirit, is the change in our character that comes about because of the Holy Spirit work in us. We do not become a Christian on our own and we cannot grow on our own. Philippians 2.13 says that it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Every good thing we do is the fruit of the Spirit work in our life. Self-control is the ability to control oneself. It involves moderation, constraint, and the ability to say no to our baser desires and fleshy lusts. Read as you click Galatians 5. One of the proofs of God's working in our life is the ability to control our own thoughts, words, and actions. It's not that we are naturally weak-willed, but our fallen nature is under the influence of sin. The Bible calls it being a slave to sin 
And we read this in Romans 6. One definition of sin is filling a legitimate need through illegitimate means. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, we are incapable of knowing and choosing how best to meet our needs. Even if we know what would be best, such as not smoking, not watching pornography, not using drugs, not having sex before marriage, not getting drunk or another need, like comfort, would take precedence and enslave us again. Being born again is not about a physical birth, but about receiving a spiritual renewal. Since the original sin in the garden by Adam and Eve, we see this in Genesis 3, all mankind is born in a corrupted state by inheritance. It is by that our soul needs to be reborn, made pure and righteous again, the way God created us to be. He provided the way for this to happen. But because God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit gave us free will, we have a choice to accept it or not. The way to become a born again and experience the fruits of the Holy Spirit. We recognize we are sinners, as it says in Romans 3.23, and that the penalty for that sin is death, as it says in Romans 6.23. Because of our sin, we can know and experience. Because of our sin, we cannot know and experience God's love. And we are spiritually separated from him. To remedy our situation, God comes as the Holy Spirit through Jesus to take the penalty for our sins. As we see in Romans 5, 8. After Jesus' death, he rose from the death. In 1 Corinthians 15, 3, 6, Jesus is our Lord, our only way to God. In John 14, 6, and he gives us the gift of salvation. We can receive God's gift through faith in Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, and experience new birth in John 3, 1, Receiving Jesus means trusting him to come into our lives, to forgive our sins, and make us what he desires. Make the decision to receive Jesus now and accept this gift of salvation. You can express this in a prayer to God. This is not a ritual based on specific words, but rather a prayerful guideline for your sincere step of faith. Take the time to read the writing scriptures from the Bible mentioned here. Ask Jesus to help you understand what he needs you to understand. Take the time to give your life to Jesus. Get baptized as possible. Pray for a community of faith to grow and learn with. Read the Bible every day, giving each day to the Holy Spirit, thanking and surrendering everything to Jesus. Between 2013 and 2014, I gave my life to Jesus, finally, because I understood that there is unconditional love in him, that there's healing, restoration, forgiveness, purpose, eternal life, and so much more that comes with giving our lives to Jesus and saying, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. I make you my Lord and Savior. 
Then in 2015, I went to a retreat that a friend of mine invited me. And I always wanted to know, how do you hear from God? And in that time, they were talking about how to hear from God. That's how God answers. He is a spirit and he finds ways to speak to us or let us understand questions that we may have. And in that retreat, which was like a weekend retreat, they were teaching about how to hear from God. And I heard that I was going to church plant. And in the place that I lived, which I never expected, but he did. And that's why he sent me there. And when he called me, it took me a long time to answer. Plus, there were a lot of attacks coming my way. Because whenever there's going to be something of God, the other one rises to make sure or to think that he could challenge whatever God wants. But God's purpose are always accomplished. And then over time, the population that he called me to church plant for would show up everywhere. But God knows the plans that he has with us from before our mother's womb. And he keeps us going and he keeps us moving forward until that purpose is accomplished. And I remember um, when I was a child, I was attracted uh, to help that the same population that I was called. Um, then when I was called, the population would be anywhere and everywhere that I could be. And God made sure that I understood that he chooses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Then um, I was doing his ministry from 2016, that's when I answered, until March of this year, where he sent me to the Dominican Republic. And here, it has been an unfolding of the preparation of everything that I learned over there. And every day is a learning experience. Every day we're learning. Every day we're moving forward. But through his word, and after starting to read his word, after accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and reading the word, which changed the way that I saw life, it taught me values that I never thought I would have. So much started to come alive. Like, for example, in Matthew uh, 24, 12 to 13, that it says, and we need to, to be on the word and we need to be encouraged by the word because we're going to live that same word that we, as we're doing God's calling, as we're doing God's will, we're going to go through the same thing that the people in the Bible went through. And in Matthew 24, please take some time to read the Bible. If you don't know where to start, start with the book of Proverbs and the book of Matthew and then move forward because reading the Bible is essential to someone who has accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And some of the word it says that my people will perish because of lack of knowledge. So in Matthew 24, 12, it says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And those words are so encouraging in many times because we get to see so much evil 
And we have been part of that evil. Whenever we don't have Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're easily manipulated by the other one. But he reminds us of these words so that we could be encouraged, so that we could be part of the solution, so that we don't get discouraged because we're going to see a lot. We're going to feel a lot because the word says that we're going to feel what he feels and we're going to we're gonna we're gonna feel things in our flesh like if they're happening to us and in matthew 5 it says bless please take this time to read matthew 5 bless are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Also remembering what it says in Ephesians 6, uh, 10 to 18. Please take the time to read that and put it, put it really into practice. It says that our war is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. That we must put on our the full armor from our head to toe. And the full armor... We find it in the word. That is our sword. That is what's going to keep us moving forward. Reading Galatians 5, knowing which are the fruits of the flesh, which are the fruits of the spirit. And in, in James 1, it says, and these are things that we understand as we live them. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is a double-minded and unstable in all they do. So when we come to Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we go through the process of rebirth. And in the process of rebirth, we learn what the word says. We learn what the Holy Spirit needs us to learn so that we could have that, that faith. Like, for example, when, when he called me, he asked me to surrender everything and just live by faith. So I have to depend on the obedience of people who are told for, for them to give me something. Otherwise, I'm sure he'll find a way. But he sometimes uses the people that are the hardest to give or the people who have the least or the people who are obedient. Like I've had people give me some money after a while and they're like, I didn't want to give it to you. People also look at your appearance and, and for God's glory, everything that I, that I put on looks nice, looks like presentable but it's all a package of the holy spirit everything in our lives is the purpose of the holy spirit so these words 
really, really resonate once we hit the ground. And then our hope is in Revelations 21. Please take the time to read that book as well. And it says, and it says on, um, on Revelations 21, starting in number three, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now amongst the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And that's what we're looking forward to, the new heaven and the new earth. That's why my brothers and sisters is so important to rest in the Lord. That's why it's so important to read our word, to spend time with him, because we're going to go through similar things than what it says in the Bible. So let's take the time, if you haven't done so, to say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. I make you my Lord and Savior. And start that relationship with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want a denomination. He doesn't want a religion. He wants a relationship with each of us. So there could be forgiveness, healing, restoration, purpose, and eternal life. Take the time to listen, share, and subscribe to this podcast. In Jesus' name. Amen.